This is the Off Mic Podcast, a radio show about radio life, with your host students from Nate's Radio and Television Program. Hey, I'm Lauren Hunter. I'm the evening host on Sonic 1029. I'm a graphic designer, a videographer, and top six smartest kid in grade seven. So I guess we can just get right into it. So how did you get started in the radio industry? Uh, basically, I got started, um, I actually took television at Nate. Um, so I thought I wanted to be on the TV side of things. But then what happened? Um, sorry, it's early. This is early for an evening. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. Lauren is tired today. Um, <laughs> Yeah, basically, I was working in TV and then kind of needed a summer job. And Lisa Dickow, who used to be uh, promotions at The Bear, um, said, hey, why don't you come intern at Virgin and The Bear for the time being? So I kind of got that going as my summer job and realized, hey, I love radio way better because it's a lot more creative than the TV side because that just kind of gears you to work news Uh um so then i kind of just started interning um there a lot and kind of worked my way up and ended up um you know voice tracking the odd shift and then um after my internship i was lucky enough that i ended up getting hired on for weekends there so so you were on virgin or the bear sorry uh, I did a lot more for Virgin. I mean, at the time, I street teamed for both, but I ended up voice tracking on Virgin. So that's pretty cool that you went straight like out of school and got hired on like at uh, like a pretty big station in Edmonton, a big market radio station. Definitely. I mean, I certainly got lucky, and it wasn't just like, oh, I did one shift, and here you go, here's a radio job. Like, uh-huh. I definitely worked my ass off for probably a year or two. I can't remember how long it was, but I mean, like, you know, I worked, I gave up all my weekends, um, you know, worked long days. Sometimes you have a shift that's like four hours, but sometimes you work a 12 to 16 hour day because that's just what you do. Um, so I just really like proved myself and, uh, you know, proved I was trustworthy and reliable. And it was just mainly like, I think the hard work ethic kind of showed Tammy Cole was my PD there at at the time, and I was just lucky that they were a new station, so they were trying to put interns on the air and give people a shot. Tammy Cole was really good with that, and just the timing of things. Um, I can't remember why they had a weekend opening. Like It was like literally the summer of uh, when I was um, finishing up at Nate. And it was just super lucky timing, so. Okay. Um, Do you have a favorite radio DJ? I, you know, it's so hard to narrow it down. I think Greg B. Harrell, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, have you? Uh, No, (laughs) I haven't heard that name. Okay. He doesn't work in Canada anymore. He used to be um, at the Edge in Toronto, and then he's too good for Canadian radio. (laughs) So he's in San Francisco, but I'm not sure if he still works there, but he he's probably the most creatively cool person um, that I've ever listened to. I think he has a one-hour show on The Edge, Seafox, and X92.9 now. So go do your radio homework. Listen, kids. <laughs> 
So the one thing that we've noticed is like you like to remake songs on the mm-hmm. air during your shows. I hear them like almost every day. Mm-hmm. What like how did that get started? What's the story behind that? You know what? Actually, it's funny. Um, so Greg B. Harrell always used to play a lot of songs on his guitar in radio breaks, and and don't get me wrong, I don't do them every day. I try not to kill it to death either, but it's just I I like and I've always liked. I like having a lot of different audio in my radio breaks. Like I like it to sound juicy to the ear. Like, I don't know when <laughs> this is going to sound weird and kind of like I'm a druggie, but I'm not. I like it to sound when you're listening, like a rainbow, like <laughs> you can see a lot of different colors with your ear, if that makes sense. So that's where all the different, I like having different audio pieces come in. Um, and like I said, Greg always used to play, um songs on the guitar and i was like what can i do that's the equivalent of that but not that and i realized oh i can produce little songs um because i can't play an instrument worth craft other than like the triangle so it just came out of like oh i love when he sings to people they seem to like it over the phone um so why don't i try this by you know producing a little quick, you know, often they're just 10, 15 second clips and playing them to people over the phone. And I think it just got received really well, you know, the first couple of times I did it, because at first you're kind of like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I playing people a stupid song over the phone? But um, yeah, it just worked out really well. So, you know, I just kind of continued it, but got a good do response. it. Yeah. Of the songs that you've made, is there any one in particular that you're the most proud of? Yes. I would say um, I made Edmonton Christmas Carols one year. Uh, That was last year. Yeah, so I would say that would um, be my favorite because it was local. It got a really good response when I aired it, and I just thought it was the best one. So I'm going to do Edmonton Christmas Carols Part 2 this year. Yeah, I can't wait to hear those. They're usually pretty good. They always make me laugh. So, and also, like, you ha- you play those things. You do, like, a bunch of other kind of, you know, stranger things in the air. Like, you seem to have a reputation for being, like, you you have a show that's very unique. No, You, you won't hear something like it anywhere else, really. Do, Thank you. Do uh, people, we find that there's lots of people that, uh, that re- there's sort of a split audience. There's yeah. people that like it, and then there's people that don't like it. Do you, like, notice that, or do you... Like, do you care that there's, like, the split audience of people that don't? Um, you know, I I do, and, you know, nobody likes to have haters. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants somebody sipping on that haterade. Um, but I think I just, I know how much effort I personally put into a show, and, you know, a lot of the haters of radio, I don't think they understand what you put into it. Yeah. Um, and... I think my show is a result of over prepping like I to to make those audio clips and you know to have lots of jokes on an arsenal not, not that I'm like all the time but <laughs> I just think that my show is a result of over prepping um and always having a lot of content um so I know how much effort I put in and you know you just can't listen too much to the haters but Another piece of advice, I'd say don't listen too much to the praisers either because 
you don't want to get your ego overinflated. So, you know, you, you try and listen to the radio people around you who you trust. And obviously your boss, he signs your check at the end of the day. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I just try and like, you know, follow what I think is funny through it all. And I definitely think when I started, um, I was at Sonic even, I was a lot worse at radio. So I think I've gotten better and just more conversational and less clunky. So hopefully that brings in some, you know, fans too, but you're always going to have haters. It's just part of the job. Yeah. Everybody's got yeah. some, there's everybody, there's something that somebody won't like about. That's just everybody though. You got to get over that. So, uh, Lauren, you do mm-hmm. videography work as well as being on air at Sonic, correct? Yes. So what would you say is like the divide in workload in between being on air and doing graphic thing, doing like graphic art for them and doing videography stuff? Well, when I started at Sonic, I was doing weekends. So that's when I did a lot more graphics for the website for them and videography because I was only on air two days a week. Um, but now that I'm evenings, um, excuse me, I just burped on the phone. That's attractive. <laughs> um, yes. So, and I also have like a best of show, um, that I do on Saturdays, which takes a bit of time to put together too. So I would say mainly now it's like 80 or 90% on air. And then I just kind of do videos as a project basis when, you know, my PD Adam is like, Hey, we got something to do, do it, son. And then I'll, um, film it or the odd band comes into Sonic and I film them, but mainly the videos I make now, um, are for my show. So when I want to do like a social media bit, um, I film or edit that. So, uh, how long have you been working at Sonic? Um, it'll be two years in December, this December. And what, you were started. You did you start doing weekends at Sonic? That was like the first thing that you did when you got there. Yeah, yeah, just weekends slash promotions. Um, unicorn, I don't know. He want to call. It. And uh, how long did it take you to work your way to the evening show? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, how long I was? I, I can't remember the exact timeline of it. Um. I think I did weekends for a few months and then um, my boss, Adam, gave me a super cool opportunity. I ended up, I'm still doing weekends, but I ended up doing um, four days a week. So I think I did Thursday, Friday night, and then Saturday and Sunday as well. So I was technically almost working a full, you know, airtime shift. I was doing four days a week Mm -hmm. and that really got me... um, I think I learned a lot in doing that, and I did that for a few months. And then I've been working evenings since uh, this past December, I guess. So I don't know, however. So it's kind of been like a progressive shift, if that makes sense. And what's like the evening shift like? Like you start late and you like you work really late. What is like life like when you have to work late and get up early? <laughs> um well, you sleep into the middle of the afternoon, which is great. You eat a lot of McDonald's and taquitos because nothing else is open. Um, so that's the glamorous life of evenings. But uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I guess you just try and wake up a little bit earlier sometimes during the week if you have, you know, crap to do. But, um, and luckily I, I still have weekends, so, you know, that helps me keep my sanity, I think. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, Lauren, what year did you graduate from the Nate program? Oh, that's a good question. Um, what's, let's see, I graduated in 2011, I think. And then I think I must have graduated from an age two plus 2011. Math is hard. That's why I'm in radio. Uh, 2013, um, to either 2013 or 2014. Like I can't remember the timeline of it. Right. After high school, I worked at Toys R Us for six months, so that added some time to things. Great life choice, I know. But, uh, yeah, it, it would have been 2013 or 2014, I think. Well, you seem to have done pretty well for yourself in a few years, working your way up to, like, a full-time week show. How like how hard is it for to get jobs in radio, like, especially on air? How hard do you think is it? Um, You know, it, it depends. There's people I know that get insanely lucky and, you know, um, or I guess it's a combo of A, getting insanely lucky, B, kind of knowing the right people at the right time, and C, work ethic is a huge factor that um, factors into that. Um, And I think for me, I, you know, got lucky and just knew Tammy, Tammy, um, my old boss at Virgin Radio, she was really good to me and gave me that first opportunity on air. So, um, yeah, I think, and I know lots of people like who, yeah, they they move up really fast in radio and it's because they're, you know, A, talented, but they work hard and they know the right people. They've sent out maybe, say, a lot of air checks back in their college days and made connections with PDs, which, you know, if any Nate kids listen to this, that's a huge thing to do is just, it's so hard because, you know, half the time you'll never get emails back from PDs and it's like kind of dejecting, but just keep sending them out even if you don't, because all it takes is one person or one PD to believe in you and be like, you know what, let's bring you on. Yes. Here's a major market morning show out of college. No, <laughs> that's probably like that's probably one of the best uh, best ways to get your name out. Like while you're still in school, I guess is to just send out uh, and like starting first station as soon as you can. But definitely like sending sending out your voice voice checks to to as many DJs as you can. Uh, why like you you said you started in television and like did you graduate from television or did you graduate from radio? At, from Nate. I did I did graduate from TV actually. Uh yeah, everybody said it was slightly harder than radio from a workload <laughs> standpoint. So, was really grateful for that. Mm-hmm, yeah, we did hear that a yeah, lot. We from, hear that every day. We we've heard that from a <laughs> lot of people that radio that TV is the definitely the tougher side. Um uh, Yeah, so I'm glad I put myself through more work for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you can have your you get to your creative flow that you can you can do whenever you want. Uh, 
Was there any, is there any funny stories uh, from working at a radio station? Just like anything strange that happens like within the radio station that nobody, nobody knows about, nobody would hear about outside? Nobody would hear about. Okay. Cause I was thinking of like, um, okay. I've, well, I've got a couple. This is one people do know about, but when I worked at Virgin, um, a really cool experience that I thought was awesome was um, the Pepper and Dylan show uh, decided to set the world record Ferris wheel, um, longest Ferris wheel ride with Robbie the intern. So I was a part of that um, just as from an intern standpoint, I wasn't, you know, really doing that. <laughs> but I just remember it was, it was so much fun and so crazy. And I remember being down in um, K days and I'm not going to name names, but there was people like, mixing margaritas behind <laughs> our virgin booth on the oh, K-Days no. ground. Yeah, and then security came and, like, was threatening to kick some of us out. And um, So that was at Virgin. Um, I also popped the tires of two station vehicles there oh. within, like, two weeks. Oh. So I'm lucky that I'm here today. <laughs> That just um, just like happened. How how did how did that happen? Did they just pop for no reason or? <laughs> well, the reason was me, but um, <laughs> it was like there's these like flag stands. You know what those are? Yeah. Okay, and you these ones were tire flag stands, so you okay. have to drive over them, but they have like a peg that sticks up, and oh. you're just asking for your tire to be popped. Yeah. But, Unless you're like... and super super skilled like like yeah super skilled driver to get that perfect yeah i'm sure there's a women driver joke somewhere in here but um but yeah so there was that and then in Kelowna um ian mckinnon if you know him he does mornings at virgin and we were inside our radio station at Kelowna at the time and it lit on fire while we were inside it wait what (laughs) Yeah, basically, I guess a computer um, in the radio station rack room spontaneously combusted, and it was 12 p.m. on a Saturday. Um, I don't know why we were hanging on the radio station. We were losers, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But basically, yeah, it spontaneously combusted, and all of a sudden we're sitting, you know, I, I think I was working on a video, and Ian was just there hanging out, and then um, all of a sudden, we look at each other and we're like, does it smell smoky in here to you? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And then all of a sudden we hear this beep, beep. And we just weren't even thinking. We're like, oh, that's weird. The station must be off air. Let's go check the alarm. <laughs> and then we realized that the hallway was filled with smoke and then firefighters came. Oh, was it like a really bad fire? Like how how big what did it end up being? Um, it ended up, I think the computer just like really kind of smoked and it was like contained to the unit, but there was a ton of smoke and it smelled like absolute garbage for weeks after. Cause if you can imagine what burning hardware smells like. Oh yeah. Some, some stuff like that, that just like, it soaks into everything around it and it just stays for a long time. Yeah. It's no Febreze air effects. Let's just say that. (laughs) Definitely need some of those like pepper and dill and air fresheners that that they have at the at the bounds now that they just smell everywhere. Yes, and I guess last thing I'd say at Sonic, 
Um, I was actually working late one night um, when I was one of the only people in the office, I think, and uh, I was actually there during an attempted robbery. So wait, what? Uh, I was just working room uh, by myself, and then all of a sudden I hear this, and the, the prod room's sort of close-ish to the front door, so I can still, you know, hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I hear, bang, bang, bang. And this was also during a period of renovations that were almost done at the station, but, like, you know, it, it wasn't unusual at the time to hear bangs. So yeah. I kind of just, like, just like, stopped typing for a sec, and I'm like, um, what was that? And I'm like, oh, that's probably just construction at 2 a.m. That makes sense. We kept typing, and then I hear, bang, bang, bang. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I went to the fetal position under my desk and called 911. Long story short, um, I guess I didn't sound urgent enough on the phone because 911 uh, said they wouldn't come unless I could get a visual. And to get a visual of the front door would have meant that, you know, I would have been seen by whatever this was. Because the guy was like, oh, maybe it's just a tree branch. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's a break-in, bro. That didn't sound Um, like a tree branch. (laughs) Yeah, so 911 didn't come. And then finally the banging stopped. And I ran out of there like a wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man. (laughs) And as I was driving but the front door's, uh, to my office, I saw there was a ladder by the window of the front uh, door, and I was like, I don't think there was a ladder there before. Sure enough, the next day they checked on security footage, and there was a guy trying to uh, smash the front door window. So, oh yeah, so that's uh, that was a great time, great time. Yeah, and and yeah, later after that, they ended up talking to nine one one, and they issued an apology, and they're like, oh. "Yeah, we should have come." And I'm like, "Yeah, no yeah, shit." Yeah, I was like, "I'm not blowing smoke here." <laughs> oh my, not lying mm-hmm. to you. Okay, uh, so we're just gonna we're gonna wrap it up here, I guess, pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have any advice for radio students that are, or just radio students that are trying to get into the radio industry, or just anybody that's thinking about joining radio? Um, this is where I'd, I kind of written a few things down, but my notes are hard to read. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what I didn't touch on. Um, excuse me. Uh, a couple, I'll just go through a couple of things. If that's cool, feel free to edit, you know, what you need. (laughs) No problem. Um, one, I think, um, I think you guys are fine on this, but I've definitely seen this with other people. Don't get too cocky. Um, I see a lot of, you know, kids coming out of school, at least in my era. Maybe I just went to school with a bunch of jerks and idiots. But, you know, sometimes people get really cocky and they're like, oh, I should be coming out of school in a major market job. And um, But, you know, just radio is such a weird industry that you never know when you're going to get knocked back a peg. Like even the best major market morning shows get fired sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think, and it comes down to like, don't burn bridges with people. If you don't have to radio is basically made up of a small group of big media companies. And within that, there's an even smaller group of, you know, it's all the same PDs generally and same on air people. And, 
if you burn a bridge with one person at one station, you know, you never know years down the road when they might um, try and, like, they could be the person that could hire you, but they won't because you're a jerk to them. Reputation is everything in this career. Definitely. And I think, you know, a little bit of niceness goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. Um, I guess in this day and age, too, I'd say be a jack of all trades. I mean, nobody's going to be good at everything, and but it definitely helps you in at least the beginning of your career to be able to do a bit of Photoshop, be able to do a bit of video editing, um, you know, be smart, write your breaks out in, in certain times when you need to. Um, and definitely I'd say take risks on the radio. You know, you're never, I think I grew a lot by just taking risks and trying things. Uh, not every breaks going to work out and that's okay, but that's why, you know, sometimes you start off in smaller markets or start off on weekends because you can afford to take those risks a little bit more sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. All right. All right. So uh, just the last thing. We're going to yeah. end We're gonna end this on whatever your favorite song is. Yeah, we, so we're gonna, we do an outro song. And we're we, going to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. We're going to do an outro. I, so. I totally forgot to think of a song, and I remember <laughs> listening to Drew Dalby's podcast back in the day he's like pick a song and i'm like oh man i would have picked such a good song and now here i am with none oh (laughs) (sighs) part of me wants to go with a dubstep song just to be weird (laughs) and nobody else has done dubstep well that'll Uh, you could be the first you could be the first no no nobody wants to hear two minutes of a fork in a garbage disposal Um, do you mind if I just look at my SoundCloud really quick? Yeah, yeah no it. problem. We got lots of time. I'm just trying to blank right now because it's early. <laughs> it's all good. Well, not really early, but alone, not really. Okay, you know what I'm going to go with? I feel like this is a nice wrap-up song because it has end in the title. So let's go Linkin Park in the end. It starts with one I don't know why, it doesn't even matter how hard you try Keep that in mind, I designed this rhyme to explain in due time All I know, time is a valuable thing Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings Watch it count down to the end of the day The clock takes life away, it's so unreal Didn't look out below, watch the time go right out the window Trying to hold on, didn't even know I wasted it all just to watch you go I kept everything inside and even though I tried Back to me in the end You kept everything inside and even
Listen to an episode of the Off Mic Podcast, produced by Nate Radio and Television Students. Catch other episodes on Podbeam, iTunes, and NR92 on SoundCloud.